Hello. If you're able to, please close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. And a deep breath out. Relax your shoulders. Unclench your jaw. Take another deep breath in. And another breath out. You can open your eyes now. My name is David, and welcome to Mindful Moments. Today's episode has been a long time in the making. In fact, it's been 75 days in the making. I've just completed 75 hard. For those who don't know what that is, it's a challenge created by a guy called Andy Frisella, and it's 75 days of following the same rules. The rules are as follows. Two 45-minute workouts a day. One of those workouts has to be outside. Drink a gallon of water a day, which is just over four litres. Take a progress picture every day. Read 10 pages of a non-fiction book every day. And follow a diet with no cheat meals and no alcohol. You follow those rules every single day for 75 days in a row. And if you fail on any day or don't complete any of those things, no matter how far along you are, you start again from day one. I didn't tell anyone I was doing 75 hard. And I finished a few days ago. And I have to admit, I'm in the best physical and mental shape I've ever been in in my life. Because I didn't tell anyone, for many reasons that I'll get into later, I am desperate to talk about it. So let's talk about it. Before I get into it, I want to issue a disclaimer. I'm 25 years old. I have no dependents. I am a content creator, which means I manage my own schedule. And so I have optimal circumstances for doing a challenge like this. The purpose of this is also not to influence you to do 75 hard or to make you feel bad if you're not living this way. It's more just me sharing why I chose to do this, how I feel after it, the benefits that I think it brought me, the negative things about it. And yeah, you know how I do. You know what this is. I share my life with you every week and this is a big thing that's happened in my life and I want to share it. So in short, I'm not doing this to make anybody feel bad. Okay, now all that's out of the way. 75 hard. I chose to do it because this whole year I've been feeling very restless and it's a specific kind of restlessness. My mum has always told me that when I feel this kind of restlessness it's because I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to change. And I 100% know that that's how I've been feeling. But I didn't know how and where and what I was supposed to be doing. And that question on top of the restlessness was making me feel very uneasy and a little bit anxious all the time. And for a lot of this year, I feel like I've been hanging on a little bit and possibly sometimes even spinning a little bit out of control. So I really wanted to do something that would recenter me. I wanted to push myself in ways that I knew were positive and see how it affected the rest of my life. I've known of 75 Hard for a long time. I've attempted it a couple of times. And I knew that this was the right time to try and enact a challenge like this. I knew the only challenge in my way was myself. I knew the only thing that could possibly stop me completing something like this was me giving up. Nothing external. 
And so I thought, if not now, then when? And I didn't tell anyone about it because I'm well aware of the extrinsic reward you can feel when you tell someone you're doing something like this. It's very easy for them to congratulate you and you feel like you've done the work already without actually having done the work. On top of that, I wanted to see how it would affect my relationships if this was the kind of life I lived all the time, whether it would be inconvenient for people around me, whether people would make me feel bad for it. Happy to report that I've got friends who are every bit as good as I thought they were and even better. Same with my relationships, same with my family. Super happy about that. I think the easiest way for me to talk about this is to go through each rule and how I felt about it. And then at the end, kind of sum up the overall takeaways from how I feel about all of this. So if we're going through each rule, I'm going to start first with exercise. Two 45-minute workouts a day, one of them has to be outside. Now, this is the rule that I think when I heard about this, I felt the most strongly about in terms of, I don't think I can do that. Two workouts a day is a lot of exercise. It's a lot of exercise. Not even, not even counting the fact that one of them is outside and I live in England. You can never guarantee outside is going to be nice. The weather can tell you every moment up until it rains that it's going to be sunny skies. And then as soon as it's rain, but oh yeah, sorry, rain. But that's part of the challenge, making sure that you go through things even when they're uncomfortable. And again, throughout this challenge, there are so many moments where you will feel like this is unnecessary. Like this surely is unnecessary. Why is this necessary? But you realize, or rather I realized it was just my brain's way of wanting to do what it's done before in terms of whatever makes me comfortable. It's not that things were impossible, it's that they were uncomfortable. And that's a very important line to be able to draw and a very important thing to be able to distinguish between what's actually impossible and what's just very uncomfortable. And also to know how you're going to feel after pushing yourself through the uncomfortable things. So two 45-minute workouts a day. Also, for those of you who are good at maths, you'll know that 45 plus 45 is 90, an hour and a half of exercise. And there was the temptation, as there is in many areas of this challenge, there was a temptation to cheat myself slightly and just do one and a half hours of exercise in one go. But I felt that that rule exists and is split into two specifically because it's about showing up for yourself twice a day rather than doing it all at once. Because an hour and a half workout all at once is quite long, but it's a lot more manageable than scheduling the time to exercise twice a day. But the difference long-term of scheduling the time twice a day is massive. So even if there were days where I was struggling for time or struggling to schedule, I'd ensure that there was at least an hour between my two workouts to make sure there were two distinguished portions of the day when I was exercising. And I'm very pleased I went about things that way. In terms of going to the gym and exercise, my mindset has shifted a lot. I first started going to the gym in my second term of my first year of university. So in January, 2017. At first when I was going to the gym, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I wanted out of it. Then I saw physical changes and was super happy. So initially when I was going to the gym, it was all about how I looked, which is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with. Then as I got kind of bored with traditional, with the traditional gym exercise, I'm not a bodybuilder or anything like that. So I wasn't really working towards anything. And I've always played team sports when I was younger. So I found gym a little bit boring sometimes. Then really the only reason I'd ever go back to the gym is if I started to feel like I didn't look as good as I used to. So that would put me back in the gym. Then a couple of years ago, especially after uh, the pandemic and I was thinking more about my health, I started exercising a lot for the health benefits. And it was probably about 50-50. It was, you know, I was exercising 
because of how I looked, but also because I cared about how I felt. And my exercise routine would usually be exercise three or four times a week, probably cardio once every two weeks just to keep it up. Um, and I think the way that this challenge has changed my mentality is a, is, a, is a very positive change. I used to exercise according to how I looked. And now I exercise according to how I feel and how it makes me feel mentally, mentally and physically. I used to exercise according to how I looked and now I exercise according to how it makes me feel mentally and physically. And ironically, now that I exercise according to how it makes me feel, I'm much happier about the way I look. It's interesting. Also, when you exercise twice a day, you have to get more creative and more imaginative and you have to try more things. As I said, I got very bored with traditional gym workouts. So to exercise twice a day, I couldn't be in the gym twice a day. So that's when I took on more things. Like I was doing more calisthenics. I was doing a lot more cardio. I was doing a lot more stretching and mobility. I was doing a lot more walking. And I think because I was someone who was already kind of active in the first place, I wasn't seeing walking as exercise, but walking is in fact, kind of the best kind of exercise. You're outside, you're seeing things, your brain is stimulated. And it's very different walking to get to a destination or walking because oh, I might as well make this walk than scheduling 45 minutes to do nothing but walk. That's also a very different thing. A lot of people mistake this challenge for a physical challenge because of how much exercise is involved, but really it's a mental, it's a mental toughness and consistency challenge. And so if I'm showing up for myself every day, it doesn't really matter what the exercise is. It's the showing up and the doing it that matters. I also worried that I wouldn't be able to push myself properly because I'd be tired all the time. But really, it just means that I was working out intuitively according to what my body needed. If I woke up one day, I was feeling super stiff. I knew, okay, today I'm walking and stretching. There's no way I'm putting myself through weights. But then when I was in the gym, because I was so used to doing everything properly in life, it was like, okay, if I'm doing this exercise, I'm going to do it properly. I'm going to do it to my limits. And your limits change every day. They don't have to be the same but you know what your limits are on any given day and you're willing and ready to access them. I think that's the big, big difference that came and has come after this challenge in exercising and everything. I know where my limits are and I'm willing to touch that and to get to that. So yeah, a lot more cardio, a lot more calisthenics, a lot more cycling because I got a new bike. I'm very happy about that too. So that's exercise. Drinking a gallon of water a day, four liters of water a day. Firstly, I had to upgrade my vessel. Before I was just drinking a couple, a few cups of water during the day. I'd really only drink when I ate my food. And I was good at drinking water rather than other things, but making sure I was drinking water solely for the purpose of staying hydrated, I wasn't good at that. So then I got a Chili's bottle and then I upgraded to a Stanley cup because a Stanley cup fits 1.18 liters every, uh, in, each, in each one. So I knew that four of those a day and I'm good. But I'm telling you, that's a lot of drinking. That's a lot of needing the toilet. It was okay when I was at home and I knew the toilet was right there. But when I was out and about in my head, where the toilets are going to be during the day was really factored into my schedule. Because otherwise, you know, terrible. Needing the toilet, not being able to go is like top three uncomfortable feelings. Horrible. So yes, making sure that I knew that was very, very important. It was great for my skin. Very, very good for my appetite as well. I feel like it really helped to regulate my eating because a lot of the time that I was snacking and stuff, it's because I was more thirsty than hungry, but I just felt like I needed to be doing something. But making sure I was hydrated, made sure that I was ready to eat at proper meal times and stuff like that. So that was really, really good. 
drinking water all the time as well was just because you have to drink that much water. It meant that I was starting the day with drinking water. You want to get water out of the way early. The, the worst thing is to get to something like 10 p.m. and have two liters of water to drink and I have to chug it before I go to bed. I only had to do that once or twice, thank goodness. But it was just horrible waking up in the night and stuff. It just is so disruptive and it's not the point. The point is to stay hydrated throughout the day. So again, drinking water was more about scheduling and being hydrated than it was just about, you know, drinking the water. I make sure I was drinking water every day. It was just a good way to make sure I was taking care of myself. Drinking water first thing in the day has changed my life. And you know when you feel slightly humbled by something? Of course I know that drinking water first thing in the morning is much better than going two hours without drinking anything. But actually putting that in practice and seeing the difference it makes makes me feel so silly for not doing it before. So that's what I've been doing. And it's worked out fantastically. Taking a progress picture every day. This was the most interesting one for me because this is the one that turned out the way I didn't expect it to. When I realized that I was going to have to take a progress picture every day, my initial thoughts were, okay, great. Can't wait to see the difference between day one and day 75. It's going to be amazing. But really, taking a picture every day of myself really improved my relationship with myself. We are a generation who sees ourselves more than I think any previously. Every device has a camera. Mirrors, reflective services, we're recorded and seen all the time. And because of that, it's very easy for us to pick out things about ourselves we don't like, especially because we're seeing ourselves all the time and we're also seeing other people all the time, other people who look like we want to look. And I have had previous insecurity issues with the way I look when I was growing up, especially when I was a teenager. And so taking a picture every day of myself desensitized me to the way I look in the best way possible because I knew, okay, this is just for the purpose of checking in. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And I take one picture and that'll be it. In the 75 Hard app, you're able to take one picture and just have that as the picture. So I was taking one picture and that'll be it of myself every day. And it got to the point where I was just kind of like, yeah, this is what I look like today. Good. See you tomorrow. And I was thinking less about the way I looked and just thinking, this is me. This is who I am. And it really made me accept and embrace myself in a way that I didn't think it would. When it got to the end of the challenge, I did look at the 75 day picture and I was very happy with what I saw, but I was happier with the fact that that didn't matter as much to me as I thought it would. And that was really, really wonderful to feel. That's kind of a freedom that I haven't felt before. And I'm very proud of myself for being able to feel that because for me, that's very, very big progress. It's not something that I thought I'd feel this strongly and completely. So yeah, I feel very happy with that. I'm very proud about that. Reading 10 pages of a nonfiction book every day. Nonfiction book is obviously very important because the purpose is kind of self-development rather than entertainment. I did English and French for my undergrad degree. So I have always been an avid reader, especially when I was a child. One of my favorite things to do when I was a kid was to sit with my back on a radiator, whether it was on or off, and read. Used to absolutely love it. Got to degree level, and I was reading maybe two books a week, but it was all for the purpose of studying and analyzing. So I wasn't enjoying the stories. I was just, you know, reading the books so I had the information. And because of that, I kind of fell out of love with reading a lot. I graduated in 2020, or rather finished uni in 2020, and then didn't read again properly for probably about a year and a half. 
then at the beginning of last year, I thought I really want to get back into this thing that I love. And also I was concerned about my attention span. Obviously we know how being online is, you know, if something's not a minute or less, it's hard to grab someone's attention and everything is geared towards keeping people interested for short chunks of time. Nothing, nothing, it's not our fault. It's the way the human brain works, but my attention span was really poor. So I thought there are many reasons for me to get back into reading. And so I'd formed that habit throughout last year. It's really a habit now to read all the time. I read every night before bed. I put my phone down at, at least half an hour before I go to sleep. And then for at least 20 minutes to half an hour, I'll read. So the act of reading wasn't actually a new thing for me. It was just making sure that I was reading the right kind of material. The book that I did read throughout this challenge, because the thing with nonfiction books is that you don't read them once, you kind of return to them. As you grow through life, you realize new things, you read things differently, and they're things that can constantly improve you throughout the years. And every month I try to read a fiction book, a nonfiction book, and a book I read or would have read as a child. So I'm used to reading, reading nonfiction books. And the book that I picked for this challenge is one that I'd read already, but really wanted to read in detail and have embedded in me. It's by my friend, Michaela Loach. It's called It's Not That Radical. She's a climate justice activist. And climate justice is something that fills me with fear and anxiety because it's as big as problems get. But Michaela's book makes it so accessible and gives me an optimism and a fire that I didn't have before. And really the feeling that I actually can do something about it. Most of the time, the reason I avoid it is because I feel like I can't do anything. It's, it's kind of above me. Whereas reading this has made me feel like I have a role to play and there's something I can do. So thank you, Michaela for writing this book and for giving me this copy. I pre-ordered a copy and she actually sent me a copy as well, which I gave to my mum. So thank you, Michaela, for writing that book. Wonderful, wonderful book. It's not that radical. And I highly encourage reading in anyone. I'm going to do an episode in future about reading because I love it so much. I could talk for ages about it. Um, and yeah, so reading a nonfiction book, that was my favorite part of the challenge because <laughs> I didn't have to do too much extra, but it was also great to do it intentionally. That's another thing generally about this whole challenge, intention, doing things with intention rather than I'm just doing this to do it or this is just happening or I have to. It was I have chosen to do this every day. And the final thing was sticking to a diet with no cheat meals, no alcohol. Now the diet I chose, I am a very good intuitive eater and I kind of know what I need when it comes to nutrition generally. I knew I'd be exercising twice a day and drinking a lot of water. So I knew I needed the things that I was doing needed to fit around that a lot. And when I started this challenge in May, I knew kind of what my body needed at the time. I have stress-induced eczema. I get it on my neck. And it gets so bad sometimes to the point where I couldn't even wear a necklace or anything like that. And that's where it was around May time. And it's really, it's a, it's a vicious cycle because I'll get the eczema. I realize that I'm stressed. The realization makes me more stressed, which makes the eczema worse. The eczema being worse makes my stress worse. And it just goes round and round and round. And once it appears, it's very tough to get rid of. Eczema is, in essence, inflammation. And there are loads of foods that are inflammatory and loads of foods that are anti-inflammatory. So throughout this challenge, I wasn't eating any like white bread, white rice, uh, red meat, anything like that. I was eating a lot of sweet potatoes, chicken, uh, fish, like a lot of like lighter things, lots of vegetables and fruit, of course. And one of the things, one of the rules I gave myself in the challenge was that I had to eat breakfast every single day. I'm so bad at not eating breakfast. I'll just blink and it'll be 1 p.m. and I haven't eaten anything. And for someone who exercises and 
has like busy days and needs a lot of energy. That's not, that's not a good thing to do. Also, one of the improvements in my life that I noticed was, oh, my apologies. I didn't say, I also cut out sweets, chocolate, cake, that kind of sweet snacks and sugar. Cause that is my main, ugh, I could do that every day, all day. And I know, I know how bad it is for my teeth, for my skin. I know all of those things and I don't care. I do it anyway. Not anymore, but that's what I was doing. That's how I was living. So cut those things out and had a lot more energy because my energy was coming from the right sources, from exercising, eating right and sleeping right. On top of that, I didn't realize how much money I was spending on snacks, etc. So before for breakfast, you know, if I had breakfast, maybe I'd have a couple of eggs or I'd have toast or, but my ideal breakfast, really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out my ideal breakfast for you, okay? It's, so imagine a bowl. First thing in this bowl goes skier, which is Icelandic yogurt. Fat-free, high in protein. Skier, every week I batch bake oats. I bake it in um, honey or agave or golden syrup and with cinnamon. And I'll bake it and put it in a tub. And then every morning, a couple of spoonfuls of the baked oats, crispy, on top of the skier, okay? So I've got skier, baked oats. Fruit, using mixed berries. And then Alpro, vanilla, just a couple of spoonfuls of that. And some cheese seeds. And that's my ideal breakfast. That's why I was, that, that's why I eat when I was, when I felt like I had the time. That's what I've eaten for breakfast for the past two and a half months, every single day. And I'm even talking about it now and I want it. It's been delicious. And with the mixed berries, I used to get frozen berries because they're cheaper. But now I'll have fresh fruit because I'm prioritizing spending my money on things like that rather than on the snacks. So I have pomegranates, raspberries and blueberries. And that is wonderful. Having raspberries for breakfast every day, for my inner child, that is a glorious development. Raspberries are an expensive fruit. It's like seven pounds for a pint of like six. But I'm exaggerating, by the way. That's not how much it is. I'm exaggerating big time. So I really had them when I was younger. So being able to have raspberries regularly as an adult, it's just something that makes me feel really, makes me very blessed to be able to have that and to be able to eat well. And this is another thing, as I was saying at the beginning of my disclaimer, another thing is that I'm in a place in life where I can manage to eat well and stuff. I'm very aware of the privilege of that. And so it's something I'm very, very grateful for, but it's yet another reason why I'm not saying if you're not doing this challenge or not living like this, you're doing something wrong. Not true at all. I wouldn't have been able to do this a couple of years ago. It fits into my life now, which is why I was able to complete this challenge. As I said, I was very, very, or am very, very into my snacks and sweets and cakes. And during this challenge, I wrote down every time I was craving something in a note that I titled food post 75 hard. I said, as soon as I'm done, I'm eating all of these things. I'm going to read it to you. <clears throat> Gifla, Ikea. Gifla are the little cinnamon rolls they have in Ikea. My auntie, I had an auntie who used to have them and she'd give them to us when we were kids and I hadn't seen them for years. And I went to Ikea for the first time in June, late in life, I know. And I saw Gifla and I said, oh my goodness, I need this. And I can't have this right now. But I'm going back to Ikea, I'm getting that Gifla. Mr. Kipling Victoria Slices. Pizza Hut melts. Pizza Hut released their new melts whilst I was doing this challenge. Very rude of them, but I will be there. Trust me. Pret Chocolate Espresso Loaf Cake. I love anything coffee flavoured. M&S Lemon Iced Buns. M&S Dark Chocolate Jaffa Cakes. 
M&S cheese scone, M&S Victoria sandwich. I was an M&S one day. Co-op frozen lemon and raspberry cheesecake. I mean, it's not just from the co-op. You can get it in other places, I'm sure, but that's just where I saw it. Frozen lemon and raspberry cheesecake. That is the one thing from this list I've had since completing 75 Hard six days ago. And I'm telling you, that was worth the wait. Serious, serious flavors. Starbucks caramel biscuit loaf cake. Oreo donuts. Salted caramel little moons. New flavor. I haven't had it yet. Skittles. I had a real craving for Skittles randomly. I haven't eaten Skittles since year 10, which is when you're 14 or 15. For those who don't follow the British school system. I was so addicted to Skittles at that time. I had a bet with one of my friends and the bet was for 20 pounds and he lost. And 20 pounds when I was 14 was like 150 pounds. And instead of getting the money, I told him buy me 20 bags of Skittles instead. That's how addicted I was. And after that year, I stopped eating them and I haven't eaten them since. All of a sudden, 75 hard at 25 years old, 10 years later, I'm desperate for a bag of Skittles. Hoko Cafe French Toast. I saw that on TikTok. Starbucks Caramel Biscuit. Caramel biscuit loaf cake. I've repeated things on this list. I'm now realizing. I wasn't even reading the list back because it was too painful to read. So now I've realized that I was actually repeating things. Because the only thing left now, again, is lemon and raspberry frozen cheesecake. Wow. I told you, I'm serious about these things. But yes, depriving myself of those things made me value them more. But also, I mean, when 75 Hard ended, I stayed up late the next day and I ordered an Oreo waffle from a local dessert place. And don't get me wrong, it was very delicious, super delicious, but I just lost the taste for it slightly. And I know I could gain the taste back, but why would I? It's the right thing to keep eating healthy. So yes, that's all the rules. That's all the challenges. That's how I felt through all of them. And now going forwards, I would say definitely that my life has changed in a lot of ways. Firstly, I'm going to keep doing everything on the challenge except the second 45 minute workout. It was quite hard to schedule. It was quite hard to do a lot of the time. And my body is a bit tired. Don't get me wrong. You don't exercise twice a day for two and a half months and not feel tired afterwards. Exercising once a day is really good for me mentally. Really, really good for me mentally. So I'm keeping that. But the second 45 minute workout, I'm going to use that 45 minutes for something else rather than working out. That's kind of how I'm going to adjust. And the four liters of water, I'm going to try and drink up to three liters of water a day. Four kind of felt a little bit, it felt excessive. I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't get to four, basically. Generally, what this challenge did for me, it made me value myself a lot more or made me realize how highly I value myself. Every day when I was doing these challenges, and bear in mind, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. So I wasn't, it wasn't like a thing where like if I was canceling a plan or rescheduling or if I was tired somewhere, people knew what I was going through. It was, I need to fit this in to my regular life. And that takes a tremendous amount of effort. And the only reason for me making this effort was that I told myself I would. That was it. No other justification, no other reasoning other than I told myself I would do this, so I need to do it. And making my own word that important to me made me feel so valued. It makes me feel so important to myself. I love myself a lot more than I did two and a half months ago. And for that reason alone, doing this was worth it to me. If there's anything that anyone takes away from this episode, it's that the positive of doing all of this wasn't so I'd look good. 
or I could say that I completed something, it's because I needed to prove to myself that I'm important and I needed to value myself more than I was. We deserve to be shown up for by everybody, but especially ourselves, especially ourselves. And for me, that looked like doing the 75 hard. For me going forward now, it's going to look slightly different because I'm not doing that challenge again. I've just completed it. I need to find other ways to show myself that I value myself. Doing the things I know are good for me rather than what I feel. Pushing myself to my limits, not because I feel like I need to be better, but because I want to achieve and accomplish the things that I know I want to. And that's what I want for all of us. For me and my community, I want us all to feel like we're valuable people who are worthy of the love that surrounds us, who are worthy of the good things that we want and who deserve to value ourselves and choose ourselves and show up for ourselves day after day. 75 Hard was really good for me and the lessons that I've got from it are going to be good for me going forward. It doesn't take two and a half months of doing that, doing all the things that I've just done to, do, to, to, to make those things a reality. There are loads of other ways. And I hope that whatever you do, you find them. Take it from me. You deserve to show up for yourself every day. You deserve to feel valued. Thank you for being here. Whatever you're doing this week, I hope you have a wonderful one.